welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot, these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. What is going on, you guys? Happy Friday, happy hour. We're back with another episode of Just Go With It. Ashley and I haven't spoke since last week, which is a rarity. Um, You're newly 24. If you haven't listened to our last episode, we went through the 24 life lessons that Ashley's learned, and it was honestly really insightful and woke. So if you're feeling like you need some inspiration, go listen to that one from last week. But Ashley, how was your birthday weekend? I want to know that first. Did you run back the episode? Did you give it a run back? I did. I gave it a little listen. I don't always listen to every episode we put out, but that one, the ones that are really hard hitting with good life lessons, I think are really insightful. And I like listening back to them while I like do my makeup or I cook or something. Yeah. You pulled up pen paper. I know you don't cook. So do your makeup. That's something that you're more, more skilled at. Um, incorrect. I cook things, but I just don't bake. Okay. Your words, not mine. You don't know how the oven works. All right. So (laughs) the weekend was really fun. I had a wonderful time at a restaurant that some might think is a joke, but I take very seriously and it's called Benihana's. It's something we take very seriously in this family. (laughs) Because where else can you find a restaurant that can seat a large group of people and also provides a show? Rainforest Cafe. I'm not going to go there. That's a show. (laughs) Um, and you get to wear hats and you get to force everyone to wear hats however i would say that things are going downhill there because they don't toss the shrimp in people's mouth anymore do they still make the little rice heart beat yes and they still light the onions on fire do you remember when we did that at well, the thank house God. and we pulled we were nervous and we pulled out the fire extinguisher when we lit all the onions on fire <laughs> Yeah, if if this is your first time hearing about this, this is your sign to do a Benihana's night with your friends because it was really fun. Yes, find some sort of stovetop deal and do a Benihana's night and light some stuff on fire. So that was really fun. And then we went to a bar with live music, one of my favorites. And we stayed there oh, until lovely. the lights came on at 2 in the morning. So all in all, I'd say it was very productive. That is very wonderful. I wish so badly that I could have been there to yeah, celebrate. Yeah, isn't that a crime you? against humanity? <laughs> I wish it was just a quick, short drive, but unfortunately, Nashville to Southern California ain't that close. You know, everything's relative, though, if you have the time. I'd say it's closer than (laughs) driving from Unfortunately um, for me, I already had plans this weekend that I had planned months in advance, so I couldn't leave the country. But I did look at flights. Everything's cancelable for the right person. (laughs) You're right. Everything's cancelable. But if I didn't go to my plans this weekend, which were to go to Keeneland in Lexington, Kentucky, which is the horse races, Uh, I would not have this really funny story to tell you. Okay. If anyone is also new, we all have niche interests. I love horses, but I'm not a horse girl. Um, And I would have killed to go to the horse races. So that what was wrong? honestly my gift to you, Ashley, was in spirit, in honor of you and your love for horses, I went to the horse races and I put a bet, a $20 bet down on She's Fancy and she didn't even was she, win. Was she wearing pink? No, she wasn't wearing pink. I just liked her name the best. And then I think I, I put a bet on another race and it was for Twirled or Twirly or something. 
I just tried to pick like the most girly fun names and I was like, yep, that's my horse. $20 is kind of a lot to just know, not know anything and just get rid of it. Yeah, that was about as much as I was willing to just absolutely burn and lose. (laughs) You might as well pull out a lighter and lit it up. (laughs) But some people were like, you could tell they were season ticket holders. Like they come every single year. They know what they're doing. They do their research. There's all these people go every Sunday data. They know like the horse trainers and how they train. I'm like, oh my God. Um, did she come in dead last? Was it even a she? It was a she. Oh, yeah, aren't the only girls that race there? I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes the horse races are only for the girl girls. Girls only? Yeah, girls only. I didn't know that. Um, no, she didn't come in dead last, but I think I voted for her to place. It's like win show or place or the first three. And I think she got like sixth place or something, like middle of the pack. But you know what? We love her. We love her anyway. I'm ready to buy her. The other horse got fourth place when I needed him to get third. So that was really disappointing. Okay. It was so close. Um, obviously, I wasn't betting anything on any kind of actual knowledge of how these horses would no, do. Just I was just names. picking the names that I like the best. And usually I get lucky. I'm a pretty lucky person. So I thought maybe I might, you know, double my money, double my 20. God forbid. And that was the day the music died. Your luck finally ran out. My luck ran out, but even more unlucky is the story I'm about to tell you later okay. in the evening of the day. So we got general admission tickets, which are honestly really cheap, but you can still go up in the stands. There's like a balcony viewing area, yeah. but you just aren't allowed to sit in the seats, even though no one was sitting in their seats because it's a very social thing. Like people are up drinking, walking around. You would have loved it. It was so fun. It wasn't like a concert where everyone like goes to their spot and sits down. Everyone was socializing walking around so we got to sit in some seats but i think we could have been kicked out for that probably um so what is the story or is it pertaining to later on it's pertaining to the day after both she's fancy and twirled ran their races we went out into the general patio area the little cobblestone circle where they walk the horses around and warm them up before they bring them in yeah and this is it's kind of like the outside grass area at a frat party so inside the stadium is like inside the house of the frat party and then this outside area is like where you go to like take a smoke and like have a drink and talk outside so that did you take a scene i'm trying to set we, I did not. A lot of people were smoking because it was like fun and like, I guess, classy, even though I think smoking's gross. But personally, not for me. I'm not a smoking girly. Do not promote smoking on this podcast. Um, but I went out there. I'm going to set the scene for you. There's a lot of wealthy people yeah. at this thing. Okay. There's a lot of non wealthy people like me and all the young people that go just for the fun of it. But everyone's dressed up. It's classy, whatever. It's very like preppy vibes. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of blazers going on. And so we're all dressed up. We're trying to be classy, whatever. At this point, we had already tailgated with this big group. And then once we got in there, we kind of split up into smaller groups. So at this particular time in the afternoon, I was just with my boyfriend and his one friend, Chase. Shout out, Chase, if you're listening. Chase was too preoccupied talking to this girl that he likes. And he was trying to get her number or whatever. And my boyfriend went to the bathroom. So I was left to my own devices. And I ended up in a crisis because let me tell you what happened. I walked up to this railing. My feet were hurting. I had been standing for so many hours. I had been drinking for so many hours. Like I was tired. Okay. I just wanted a rest. There was not a bench in sight. Nowhere for me to rest my feet. I wasn't going to sit on Did the I ground. Did I guess what happens? Yeah, actually. Sure. Let's hear. <laughs> it's like those books. When you I don't were think little. you're going to guess it. It's like those books when you were little where it's like choose your own adventure at the bottom of the page. And that's choose your own adventure. Story. Which way is the story going to go? <laughs> So your feet were killing you? Did you sit on the railing and fall backwards into the part where they walk the horses? 
Oh my god, how did you guess? Okay. Because I know you at the back of my hand. (laughs) Yeah. So what happened was there was not a bench inside. I wasn't gonna sit on the ground. Like that was gross. And so I was like, okay, there is this railing and I'm so tall, it's like I could kind of jump up and sit on that. And I don't really think I was supposed to be, but like I was desperate at this point and no one was around, like Miller and no one was around to like tell me not to do this. And so I went up and I sat on it and it was really slippery. It was like one of those poles yeah. on a playground you just that's like your shoes completely off. metal. I know, but that's, that curtain. seems even grosser. I don't Everyone know. was smoking. <laughs> yeah. No, they were mostly smoking like outside. But anyway, I was like slipping around on this pole. And so I was like, let me just scoot back because there was this thick hedge behind the pole. And this is where they're the working the horses thing. around. Yeah. And on the other side of this, people were like walking the horses around. And I was like, I'll just sit my booty <laughs> on this hedge thinking that my 170 pound five foot 11 ass would just daintily sit on this hedge like that's not gonna happen and you also been drinking and i've been drinking and i shifted my weight back a little bit and then all of a sudden (laughs) i fold like a lawn chair my ass goes straight down into the ground my feet my boots my black stiletto boots were the only things sticking up out of this hedge as my body is literally folded did you get stuck inside the hedge yeah, I was stuck. There was no pulling myself out. <laughs> Immediate, like, complete embarrassment. I feel like I'm on a Did you start yelling myself. for someone to come? Yeah, no, no, no. It, there was a lot of people around. A lot of people around, okay? And immediately, a crowd of people comes over to pull me, to hoist me out of this hedge. Evo. <laughs> Literally. And it took, like, four people to pull me up out of it because of the position that my body was in because it was such a little space for my large body. And uh, they I me wish up I had gone. I was wearing my cute little green two-piece set. I Did had scratches from the branches all up my back. Like, really aggressive. They pulled me out, and I was completely fine. And I was like, Abigail, do not get kicked out of this place. Do not, do not act incoherently drunk because they're going to kick you out. So I was like wow not doing that again like just being very talkative and alert and then the emt lady had to come over <laughs> and check on me because i think they were bored and they really had nothing else to well do. they probably were scared you were going to go home and sue that's true maybe i should anyway. <laughs> it's too late now so she came over and she's like okay are you hurt let me see the scratches like do you need anything do you need water i'm like no honestly i'm just so embarrassed i want to die and I was like not hurt just embarrassed like at this point the adrenaline was pumping couldn't even feel the scratches down my back from all the twins you're like I could actually use another old-fashioned keep them rolling yeah put on the tab the most criminal part of all is that no one in my group that I was there with saw this happen or got it on video so the other guy Chase didn't come running over no he was too busy talking to that girl like I said his back was turned he was nowhere to be found and then Miller came over how many people came to help you up Probably six, (laughs) six people. And then the EMT lady right after that. And when Miller came back from the bathroom, he saw me talking to the EMT lady and he's like, oh no, she's about to get kicked out for some reason. Like, I don't know what this girl was doing. And I told him, I was like, we need to walk away. We need to remove ourselves from this scene. We need to go stand somewhere else. And he's like, what? And so I just like start storming away because I'm so embarrassed and I want to die. And then I tell him what happened. If I had been there, if I had gone. If the tickets hadn't been $5 billion and I had gone, I would have been with you, obviously, at that moment. And I would have probably peed at my pants, my dress. Yes. I probably would have peed from laughing so hard. Yeah. And- yeah. I just and I wouldn't so have been able. someone would have got on video because I wanted to watch it happen to myself. I wouldn't have been able alone to have pulled you out of the hedge. So I <laughs> would have had to call over. No. Took a bunch of people. I think there was grown adult men helping as well. 
Um, but really what's the most embarrassing part is the setting of this all. Like it's very like classy people are drinking, but like we're all dressed up. We're at the horse races and I am folded in half inside of We need more stories like that. The more we're aging, we need more of like real good ones like that. Real knee slappers. They probably all thought I was so blackout drunk that I just was like falling over into the bush, but really I just wanted to sit down. We need to go somewhere that offers more knee slappers. So I'm proposing um, New Orleans soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. I'm ready for the swamp tour. More characters to to crew. That's really funny, and um, it's a good thing you didn't get more hurt. And thank God, thank God I'm so flexible, or else what would have happened? Thank God my bone density is good, big, and strong. <laughs> they were hoisting you out <laughs> like it an was old, probably an old top five most hound. embarrassing moments of my life. I would say. Sure. You're like an old booze hound stuck in the bush. <laughs> That's yep. really rich. Yeah, it's really rich. And I just wish someone I know could have seen it with their yeah. own eyes. I wish yeah. I could have gifted that to you and to the world. Oh, it would have been all the gift I needed to carry me to the end of my days. So did you see the area where they filmed Dreamer? <laughs> I did. I wasn't thinking about it while I was in there, which I should have been because I was, you know, intoxicated. But beforehand, I was excited. I was like, this is the filming location of Dreamer. Don't Show me Sonia Door. Kurt Russell walked these these hallowed roads that I'm about to walk upon. I was said young Dakota Fanning. So all in all, would you go back to the races? Yes, I would go back. It's honestly such a cheap ticket to have such a fun experience. Yeah, it's a good way to spend a day for like 10 bucks. Easy. So fun. Um, so we both had eventful weekends, and that's lovely. Yes, that's good for the heart and good for the soul. And we have only another eventful weekend coming up next, which means that we will fall into a deep and never-ending despair the day after Halloween because what's there to go on for besides a family stone in December? I guess Who gives a rat's ass about that one? <laughs> besides a family stone in December. <laughs> if you haven't seen the family stone, go watch it. It's really yes. good. You're going to cry. Should we get into it or do you want to talk about our impending weekends? No, I think we should get into the meat and potatoes. There's got to be a better term for that. No one gets to know what we're doing this weekend. Meat and potatoes only. It'll be a secret. We'll tell you after. Uh, we'll tell you after if we really like you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon um, and all you get to know is what our weekend plans were. Half the time they suck, half the time they're good. Okay, so I don't know if you're all on Big Sister TikTok, but frequently I am. <laughs> Surprise, Ashley. This is what I want to talk about today. I think... It's so good because as someone who grew up an only child and maybe to all those people who were the firstborn children who don't have an older sibling to look up to or a cousin they're close with or what have you, I go where any kid would go. I search on the internet. Somebody give me <laughs> some advice. Please let it fall into my lap. You are 24 paging, or, um, paging through 17 magazine. Exactly. I'm like, where do I go to know what the cool things to wear are? And what to do with my life? And the answer is always TikTok. So there is this one gal. Her name's Anna. And we're going to try really hard and desperately to get her as a guest on this podcast. But she has some killer advice. Um, let me look up her actual handle. It's maybe both styles on TikTok. Her advice videos come up on my page all the time, which I'm so grateful for. It's always her doing her makeup, mostly talking about dating, her relationships with men in the past, and her perspective on it now that she's someone who's made it through her 20s. So as someone in the thick of it, 
in the middle of your 20s, it's so helpful for me. I send them around to Ashley and our friends, and we're going to share some of her hot tips with you all today because they really resonate with me. Ashley and I talk about dating a lot on this podcast, but it's an evergreen topic, wouldn't you say, Ash? Yep. That's that's about, that's about all that we're getting out of Ashley today. One syllable <laughs> responses. Introspective about dating in your 20s, too thoughtful about it, too much effort and because quite literally, the person you want to choose to spend your life with, if you're someone who wants to get married one day, is the largest decision you're going to make for the, your entire life. Like you're choosing your life partner forever, your dinner partner for 200,000 meals, who you're going to hear about their day 1,800,000 times. You know, like it's important. And therefore, we've got to be selective, ladies. Okay. The first one, there's a bunch. We're just going to roll through them. Roll Tide. Okay. Ready? You take the reins. Yeah. The first one, things she wished she knew about dating in her 20s. Number one was know how to get closure even if he doesn't. I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially in talking, ghosting culture, dating app culture. Wouldn't you say? Yes. And I think that the only person that can give yourself true closure is yourself. I don't think someone giving you a reason that they don't want to go on a 10th date with you is going to make you feel any better because it's still, at the end of the day, rejection. So that's why closure comes from within. I think we need to be the you're lost kind of girlies. It's okay to be a little bit cocky, ladies, because guess what? Men walk through the world with audacity and cockiness every day, even though they're nothing to call home about. So why don't we? <laughs> Uh, why I think don't we, we? they're lost they ghosted you they're lost they'll never get to know how fucking amazing you are some people might argue that you and i need to tone it down with the cockiness some fans might argue there is such thing as quiet confidence and that is nothing of the sort of anything that i've ever come close to <laughs> but i think it's very elegant which is also not something i would describe myself as and it's you know something for us all to work towards all right what's next an amazing first date doesn't always make for an amazing relationship. That is a tough pill to swallow for some girlies. Yes, or an amazing first couple dates does not make for an amazing relationship. And I think it's really easy to get caught up in the excitement of everything being new. There's so much to still learn about that person. Of course, like you're getting to know them, you find them attractive. Most likely you're going on dates with them. It's all so new. But just wait because I, I'm i sure of it. There are some red flags that you're just waiting on that will pop up. Abby is in the back of her little mind absolutely sure that there is a red flag apparent somewhere in this dating process. Yes. This one's really important for safety and mental health and physical oh, health. Oh, I can't imagine what you're going to say. Don't go home with someone on a first date. He is literally a stranger you met two hours ago and you know nothing about him or what he's capable of. You're right. That is dangerous for all the different healths you just described. And honestly, don't, in my opinion, don't let someone pick you up for a first date. You don't want someone knowing where you live on a first date. It's true. And I am a hypocrite because my you are. My current boyfriend picks me up on our first date, but honestly, usually I feel all the vibes. Like if I have only been talking to them for like a day and a half on the app and they ask me on a date, I'm meeting you at the restaurant. Miller and I had like talked for two and a half weeks. We FaceTimed, whatever. So I felt comfortable, but as a general rule of thumb, I would say don't let them pick you up. Ted Bundy's wife knew no different about what he was up to. So I honestly digress. <laughs> Thank God Ted Bundy was an outlier and not the norm. <laughs> You literally, if you go home with someone after a first date or meeting at a bar, in my opinion, you literally don't know what could happen to you in any way. No, any seriously. Way. It's so unsafe and scary. Yeah. Especially if you've been drinking. Hard no. Hard pass. 
And most of the time we haven't been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like if anything, just from a safety perspective, you don't want to end up on the news. You don't want to end up a 2020 special. You don't want anything to happen to you. Next. This is not how we want to get famous. There are other ways. One time you told me if all I can get is the silver screen, that'll be good enough. <laughs> I'm a freak. I'm yeah. a freak of nature. Next. All right, next one. Sometimes it's better to be ghosted than to be strung along. I think that's good. It doesn't waste your time. Same goes for me, double. I can. I can Have you ever been up. ghosted or strung along, Ashley? I feel like mutual ghosting is like an appropriate thing. <laughs> Where mutual ghosting off. how does that work like it tapers off slowly and then you know no one ever says anything and then it just tapers off have you ever been ghosted by someone you were actually interested in and they just stopped responding off the face of the earth dead no no have you oh plenty of times <laughs> yeah, like, like, mostly in college ways. though i feel like everyone was really non-committal in college it was like such a such a game such a joke all the i think everyone's non-committal until you hit like 28 at the rate we're going yeah especially our generation because we're always like constantly like there could be something better out there which is really toxic the man who thinks you owe him your body after paying for your dinner is not your man i can't believe there are men out there like this i haven't encountered someone who thinks this way but i feel like i've encountered women who think this way like think that men will assume this hence pay for everything And unfortunately, there are plenty of men who are shitty like that out there that I can assume. Um, and obviously, we don't know what's going on in their head during a date. Yeah, I don't and know. If they're thinking like I'm going to get lucky find tonight. The most audacious man to exist. <laughs> I need to do some market research and bring him on and tear him a new one. There's also this movement going on of women talking about how much money time and effort goes into how they look both clothing wise getting their nails done getting their hair done all the makeup makeup, all the skincare all of the products we buy that men have never even once thought about buying and they don't even fathom what it could possibly Mm -hmm. cost like one girl said my hair costs more than a month of your rent and you're asking me to split the bill like no expensive and blonde (laughs) yeah and having extensions and it's like that's actually so true but at the same time like I've caught myself being like ugh, like I have to put on makeup today sometimes I don't want to and Miller's always like well you don't have to put on makeup you choose to and I'm like no but you don't understand what it's like in society like you yeah. will look sickly and tired if you're not someone who just doesn't wear makeup every day because some people are just like no makeup girlies and that's fine and that's them but typically the woman who's gonna go to work is gonna wear makeup and all men have to do is fucking shower do they do they know how much the dyson airwrap costs no and i think if my boyfriend specifically in his frugalness heard what the dyson airwrap costs i don't own one because i don't have enough hair to even use one but if you i did own one after this and he, I, he would pass out gage's reaction dead. yeah dead on the floor and i think the on sale ones you can get for like a hundred dollars less that have been yeah. refurbished and it's still <laughs> like, like a car this amount But it's just so true, like, all of the money, time, and effort, especially the money, that goes into a woman looking her best. I just can't believe there are men out there that even think that we should be splitting the bill. Like, it's really hard for me. At the same time, much like the TikTok sound, I love being a woman. (laughs) I love being a woman. And I'm not talking about, like, never, ever splitting the bill, because eventually, when you're in a relationship, it's fine. You can go, like, more close to halfsies and, and things, and it, like, makes sense. But... In the courting phase, when you're dating someone at the beginning, have high standards, ladies. We don't need to be rude about it. Of course, like, 
pretend to reach for your wallet, but like you're worth it. And you're, and you don't owe him anything and you don't owe him your body. You don't even owe him a kiss, like nothing, unless you absolutely desperately want to kiss him. That's the only time you should be kissing him. Yeah. That's another good one. Okay. Next. Solely staying with someone for the reason that you think you can't do any better is a terrible reason to stay in a relationship because comfort lulls you into a dangerous tranquility. So you're just basically complacent because you're comfortable. You've basically been tranquilized into submission. (laughs) You're basically in a trance. You're comfortable. Everybody likes to be comfortable. It's a human condition. We're in a relationship. We're fine. We're, you know, happy. You enjoy spending time with a person, but at at the end of the day, if you think you're just with that person because you don't really know that you can do any better and there are a lot of other issues surrounding you, we we got to get out, sis. We got to go. Have you ever felt like you've been stuck in a relationship like that? Say oh, it. What's his name? <laughs> what are his names? What are his Put names? Put him on blast. No, I think I've struggled in the past with well, typically I'm a serial monogamist. And for those of you who don't know what that means, I like jump from relationship to relationship. Sometimes I will have long spurts of time in between them. It's not like immediately after, like with overlap or anything. No, but because typically, I beg you, kicking and screaming. I just can't imagine a time in my life where I wasn't at least talking to someone, to a boy, flirtatiously. Um, I mean, yeah, in my past, there's been plenty of times where I'm like just with someone because it's convenient or fun for now. And like, it's only fine if both parties think that way. Yeah. And this is why I'm kind of glad I've had a lot of turbulent times with dating in my early 20s because I feel like I'm kind of getting it out of the way. You know what I mean? Like I'm going through it. I'm learning from it. I'm not yeah. doing this in my mid 30s where I'm like, oh shit. Like, Oh I yeah. It's going to manifest later on. Yeah. For sure. For other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm just learning a lot and I think that's all all of us can do. And then share our wisdoms on here. But thank God for TikTok. Again, we're back to the big sister thing because I like to hear other people's opinions who have been through the ringer. Okay, the next one is never stay in a relationship with a man who doesn't value you. The loneliest you will ever be is feeling unseen while in a relationship. And that's kind of spooky season because I Speaking think that of Halloween, that's spooky season. That's spooky as hell. It's true. It's like... When you feel the loneliest, what's that Taylor Swift lyric where she's like, I'm all alone in a crowded room? And we're not speaking. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're you're in a relationship with someone, but if they don't truly value you or see you or you don't feel seen for who you truly are, it can be really lonely because you're like spending all this time and investing all this time in someone else. And it's like, are you getting that in return? 1,000%. Which also, let's not forget, we should talk about midnights at the end of this meat and potatoes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The next one is you can love yourself without hating men. What is your hot take on this? To that I say (laughs) to take some time and figure out who you are and how to fall in love with yourself before you run around town trying to fall in love with some other person to fill whatever you need in your life. I think sometimes it's easier to just gang up on the opposite gender because it's more fun to be like, hell yeah, for the girls, you know, men suck, whatever, which a lot of men do suck. But there are also a lot of great men out there, just like there's a lot of shitty women and really great women, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I sit to that. I say take a break from dating if that's your stance. <laughs> okay. The guy who's the life of the party is not your husband. I saw this one and- when you sent it, and I struggle with what you just said. And I can explain. You need death, a husband – 
not a dance partner is her point, but it's like bonus points if they're both, right? Like if they're really fun, but they also have all of the qualities and commitment it takes to be. I would think, I would say that I didn't know how to concisely say what I wanted, but dance partner is the best way to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Like someone who is just actually the party. Exactly what I want. And I was talking to my friend a few days ago um, about someone else's boyfriend and, and, who's like very nice and calm and I was like I think I need someone like that and then when I was saying I was like no that goes against everything that I was literally saying a month ago which was I would love an over-the-top life of the party dance partner so I disagree but you can't have a dance partner if you want to be like if you're also a dance partner like you are more of a dance partner than I am I'm for sure one but you are over the top one that's why we're I think you and I are a good dynamic that's why we're in stuff. Oh, I've been told we're insufferable. <laughs> but I think as friends, that's why you and I are a good dynamic. Like there's balance there. Yes. We're not both fighting for the spotlight 24-7, except for on this podcast when we talk over each other. So I need someone like you and you need someone like me. I need someone like you, but also maybe you I've had times time. where I've been too far on the spectrum where I've dated like more – introverted quiet steady people which are all really great qualities but sometimes I find myself getting bored no I want life of the party I just I vehemently disagree with what she said (laughs) I mean she did say bonus points if they're both so we can't knock her on that interesting there's a difference between a man prioritizing you and a man pretending to prioritize you because he needs to feel good about himself I think you only understand this if you've been in a relationship Um, but I think more guys than one, one would think fall in the second category. Of being insecure and just wanting to have a girl around to feel good about themselves? Yes. Yes. Especially, I think, at the age we are. That's an issue as well. I think more and more we're finding out that just being we're in just your early children. 20s just ain't it. <laughs> I 100% think that we are in our early 20s still. I almost classified 20-year-old as a teenager still. <laughs> We're basically 16. See that tweet? I'll send it to you. There's two. First of all, go easy on me. I'm just a 23-year-old teenager. And the other one that said it was like 23 feels more like 19 than 19 feels like 19. I know because some, for some reason when you're like 18, 19, you feel so grown up. You're like, I have everything figured it's like the Taylor out. Swift I'm song. so smart. It's like the Taylor Swift song. And then 21, you still feel that way. And then 22 to 24, is just a crapshoot. <laughs> Just an absolute crapshoot. That is what we're in right now. We're in crapshoot season. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll capture my birthday post that. I'm just a 24-year-old teenage girl. Go easy on me. <laughs> that is so accurate, though. Why do I okay, feel like good. I know literally nothing? Okay. What was what, – what, I'm sorry. What did you say? Why are we off topic? Well, we were talking about how there's no good men – Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just open season, early 20s. Yes. I think that many men are like the second one, except for men that absolutely have – they're not even men right now. They're still guys or boys um, (laughs) that have their head absolutely screwed on straight and know exactly what they want out of life. But the thing is, they're just as lost and confused as we are, and we don't know anything. So how are they supposed to know what they want out of life plus what they're looking for in a partner? Because they also mature slower than us. And you always say that your husband is just like 30, 30 plus. All right, next. 
An insecure man will always find a way to degrade a woman's strength. You're too much. You're too loud. Oh, you're too a thousand percent. <laughs> Don't ever let him dim your lights as someone who can make his shine brighter. So we are not reflecting. We are not being a mirror ball, ladies. We are not reflecting our lights to shine brightly on our partners just because they desperately need it. They need to find that within themselves in the same way that we work on ourselves and find that within ourselves so that we don't have to complete each other. I never th- I used to think growing up in high school, like your significant other is going to complete you. Like you're two pieces of a, pu- a puzzle. Oh, that no, is incorrect. This is what I've been learning. I've learned this and I've really taken it to heart. You have to be so complete and fulfilled in and of yourself alone so that you can then pour into someone else. You can't go into a relationship feeling half filled, looking for someone to fill you because that's a big burden to put on them in the same way that you wouldn't want them to put that burden on you. And it's so true. Insecure men will always tell you you're too much. And as someone who's a lot, I have been told (laughs) this a lot throughout my life. So this resonates with me very strongly. As someone who's a lot. <laughs> I know a lot. You know what? I know you're, it. You're a handful. You're two handfuls. Um, maybe but no, here's but my secret. boobs sure aren't. <laughs> Ayo. But um, my rock sure isn't. Um, maybe here's a secret. Maybe if you're a two handful person, you should find someone who's only one handful. I think I'm one handful. I'm not zero handfuls. I think I'm one handful, maybe one and a quarter or one and a half, but you're definitely two, which is why we could pair together well. <laughs> Yeah. Being someone who's a little over one handful, I could probably never be with someone who's zero handfuls. Are you kidding? I'd walk all over him. Zero handfuls to me just like screams boring, but I'm sure to some people they it's like screams need stability. It life. screams peacefulness and comfort and stability. We're asking for the opposite. <laughs> um. But this is just me speaking directly to any other girl listeners who have been told that they're too much or they're too loud or they're too opinionated you're too this, like Taylor Swift now. just know that that is that man's insecurity speaking out loud like he is not comfortable in himself to fully reach his full potential so he's mad that you're doing it because he's never been told that he can do that and for some reason you're just okay with it and you're absolutely killing it so just don't let anybody do that to you because it's not a good feeling and trust me I've been there sis it's just not a good feeling <laughs> This is an interesting one. I don't know how I feel about it. Dating somebody who challenges you is overrated. Challenge yourself and let that person be your soft place to land. I couldn't agree more. Lindsay Metzler once said, why would you date someone who's only going to make your life more difficult or more chaotic? She was like, I, I she mean, was like, I kept there's a difference between somebody making your life worse and more chaotic. And somebody no, who I don't even mean worse. Ways. Just like. The example she was using was just when she started, I think, dating her husband, she realized that she was less stressed about all these aspects of life because he was able to fill in those gaps. It shouldn't be hard. Can you keep elaborating? This is good. (laughs) We sound like we're practicing for a speech and speech in the debate club and you're (laughs) – I'm like, come on. Keep going. Um. I mean, obviously, everything has challenges, but if it's challenging in the beginning, it should not be challenging before you get married. I mean, sure, there should be tiny I little think things every you have to discuss. Should go through like 
and issues you have to have. I think if you're going to marry the person, it's good to go through at least one challenge. I mean, you never know when things are going to happen in life. Well, yeah, so if if you can make it through something together, like that's a good test of it. Then go travel, go backpack somewhere for two weeks. That'll show you some <laughs> some superficial challenges. Um, but if you've only been dating for like six months, a year, even two years, and you don't see yourself getting married with in the near future, and you already feel like things are challenging, why would you make your life difficult? Yeah, it's true. It should be easy at the beginning. This is like the least responsibility we'll ever have in life. You don't have kids. You don't even have a dog together. You don't have a mortgage together. Imagine what it's going to be like. Your parents aren't trying to move in with you because they're in their 90s. Imagine what it's going to be like (laughs) five, 10 years into marriage. I'm such a firm believer, just personal opinion, that personally for my life, I will not be moving in with a man until we're engaged, at least personally. I, this is an interesting topic of conversation. Um, I don't think I would either, but is that like, because my family is that, are those well, my I decisions? Think part of it is the way you're raised. Part of it's just your view on living together in marriage. And part of it is privilege. Cause I think some people financially, like they have to live together and like make sense to do that. And like, that's, that totally makes sense. But I just feel like once you live together, if you're not like a hundred percent sure that you're most likely going to marry this person, like things just get so messy and then you have to share all your stuff. And then once you do break up or if you panic and then you just slide into marriage, like a lot of people do, like we already share a mortgage, a rent, a dog, all of our furniture. Like it's easy just to get married at that point, which is quite literally the worst reason to get married because it's easy. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say in general, living with people that you actually know well before you live with them breeds hostility. Unless you've done it before. Yeah. Um, And I think that's changed over the years. I think back in the day, people used to be a little more cavalier, like in the 80s and 90s. I feel like at least my mom, like the way she describes it, like people are just living together all the time. Like you're dating someone, you live together. It's like no big deal. You break up, you move out, no big deal. But back then it was like, I'm going to move out. Okay, great. I can afford the rent for the next few months alone. Well, (laughs) true here. It's like, where the hell can we afford to live alone? Like I can't, I can't live alone in Nashville unless I lived like on the outskirts by myself. And I don't want to do that. And I don't think anyone can ever live alone. It's so panic inducing the way that this, this this housing market is steer back. (laughs) What's it? What's next? Okay, next one is for the love of God, don't go backwards. Your feet were placed in front of you for a reason, not behind you. Don't go back to your ex. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think that's good advice. I don't need to say anything else about that. What's ahead what's ahead of you is always going to be better than what lies behind you. Yeah, next. Alcohol won't help you forget him. It'll just help you remember him with a hangover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alcohol just exacerbates whatever emotions you're already feeling. I mean, Obviously. it's kind of fun to have, like, one drunken bender and be like, I'm sad, so I'm going to get trashed. But then but after that, let's, let's not do it again. It's like in Gilmore Girls when she gives herself one night to just, like, be really, really upset. Yeah. And then let's let's make some healthy steps to move forward after that. It'll still be yeah. hurting, but, like, we don't need to use alcohol. Just because he's a good guy doesn't mean he's the right guy. Oh. That's really true. That's a theme in, in a lot of relationships in my life, too. Yeah, just because yeah. he's a good guy doesn't mean he's a right guy. I Aww. honestly feel like I've only ever dated one guy that wasn't a good guy. Yeah. And honestly, that's a funny story that maybe we should say one day. About and that's this. good for the grandkids, too. Yeah, that's a rich one. That one's good. That one guy and the bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know what kind of guy he is, watch how he treats people who he's not going to be receiving anything from. Yeah. 
Does he chat up the winner for like in a friendly way? I'm not hustling him. Does he chat him up? <laughs> is he friendly? All right. Last but not least, progress isn't linear. Moving on is not going to be an all-in-one process. It's often a series of one step forward, two steps back. And I think when people are going through heartbreak or change, I think in their it's life, two steps forward, one step back. Because if you're going one forward and two back, you're never going to move forward. <laughs> Okay, well, Miss Anna misspoke because I'm just reading my script from her because what she says is law. But you're right. I think it's two steps forward, one step back. But sometimes maybe it's two steps back. Like we never know. Yeah, totally. But not forever because then you'll always be back. (laughs) But the whole point is I think people are really hard on themselves when you're going through change and you're trying to get over someone, something, a person, place, whatever it may be. And just remember, it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen all at once. Don't be so damn hard on yourself. You got this. And also, it's a privilege to feel, like, sadness and human emotion and stuff. If everything were uh, 10 out of 10 happy all the time, then there would be no scale to know when you were happy. It would become dull. That's true. And that's a very hard thing to remember. Like, what a privilege that I feel like absolute shit today. <laughs> <laughs> Easier said than done, but the more we talk about it, maybe the easier it'll get. Yes, which leads us on to our most important. If there's one section you'll listen to this whole episode, it's this one. What did you think of Midnight's? And the last life lesson is to listen to Taylor Swift yeah. whenever you feel sad. I um, didn't. It's I, my favorite album. I'll say it. Something I recognized about the general reception of the midnight's album is it has really weeded out the fake ass fans that became bandwagon taylor swift fans mm-hmm. during folklore and evermore who think she's like transitioned into this folk artist when clearly to her core she is a pop queen and so they were like expecting i don't know what they were expecting more evermore because no that was a season and we're back to our blueprint which yeah. is 1989 lover midnight's i think i was expecting more folk um or evermore lover crossover so like i think i was expecting more songs on this album that sounded like this but packed more of a punch <laughs> like more upbeat i feel like snow on the beach is the most sad folky we got pretty much yeah um i feel like also some of the songs sound like i am in a urban outfitters dressing room <laughs> That was my issue. Well, that's because Taylor plays everywhere in every dressing room. So, yes, <laughs> you probably will be hearing it in an Urban Outfitters dressing this room. This isn't a bad thing, but it also sounded very Lord Ribs. I told you driving to the beach at 10 o'clock when you're 19 and you feel older than 24 and 19. Especially this part. Especially this part. Yeah, sing. Midnight ring. You wanted a comfortable. I wanted that face. <laughs> I, I think saw snow on, the on TikTok beach. putting their face in a fan and doing that noise, and I was like, that's I think it. snow on the beach sounds very driving um, when you're, like, 19 years old and going to leave for college. Um, and then I really liked You're On Your Own, Kid. But I think I'm being disillusioned by the last last bridge of it based off the TikTok <laughs> sound. The rest of the song isn't – is kind of, like, Make sad. Make a friendship brace. Let's take the chances and taste it. You only got one Like, I think it should be more – the whole song should be more on you being on your own and that's okay, not necessarily about man stripping you of everything that you have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she talks about a lot of different things that all come to the same conclusion of you're on your own, kid. Um, I think that's good. The, the absolute bops that I can't stop listening to are Karma and Vigilante shit, of course. Yeah. I think Maroon is really fun. 
Lavender Haze and Maroon are very like fun, sexy vibes. Well, I like um, Lavender Haze. Yeah, I think people are sleeping on that one. Um, what else do we got? I think I people like need to lay off of her off. with the criticism and also with the she's bisexual theories. Um, she even like <laughs> came Chill on and she out. was like, "You guys, yeah." <laughs> She was like, enough. Because people are have like whole TikTok accounts dedicated just to that those theories. It's so concerning. I can't get into the weeds of the theories personally as a Swifty just because I need to take things at face value and I can't do the whole Easter egg hunting planning three years in advance stuff. I think that's really cool if that's how you want to spend your time. Personally, I cannot be doing that. I already have enough going on in this chaotic tornado of a brain of mine. So I cannot wait, though. I hope that with this, she goes on tour. Yes. And did you see on Jimmy Fallon, she said that she is going to? She said she's going to. Well, I assume she would at some point in time. She didn't give much more info than that. (laughs) It's been four years, Tay-Tay. What did you think of the antihero in the Bejeweled music videos? I really enjoy them. I love when she directs things and writes things, and I'm always a fan of all of her music Mm -hmm. videos. I think the antihero one was so cool. Yes. I was going to say something else. I – oh, the only other thing issue I had with this album was I feel like I would – it's pretty rare that I feel like I would be in the mood to put it on. See, I put it on every time I'm in the car, and that works pretty well for me. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. For some reason, Folklore and Midnight's are the two where I don't really necessarily ever feel a cause to put them on. Oh, the whenever I'm sad, though, that's the cause. See – I don't like putting on sad music. I think it's such a downer. Maybe you're just never sad. Well, that, but when I am, putting on sad music makes it feel a lot worse. I like to lean into it. Lean right in. (laughs) You like to be sobbing in your room. You see, I'm the opposite. I like to lean out. Okay, that's fine. Hence why. I think it's teach their own. Hence why Midnight's just isn't coming along in the rotation for me very often. Bejeweled is a song. I feel like personally, when each Taylor album comes out, if it relates to the place that you're feeling in life, it resonates with you so much more. I think that's why I like love her so much. Right. And for me, a lot of the lyrics and the songs in Midnight's resonate with me very strongly, especially Bejeweled. Bejeweled is how I feel and have felt every single time I get out of a relationship where I have romanticized being with a boring, mediocre man. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so above and beyond glitz and glammy fun bubbly personality girl that every time I break out of that relationship I just feel like I'm about to hit the town because I'm bejeweled and I can still make the whole place shimmer you know what I mean that's beautiful I love when you we get a new album from her and you're trying to sing along in the car but you're just like and you're just saying like every few words because you don't know the lyrics yet yeah yeah um that's beautiful I'm still bejeweled when I walk in the room I can still make the whole place shimmer um, but then again, when I, sorry, when I am at a, oh, whenever time we get a new album, I <laughs> listened to this album for the first time with one of my friends in the car or the first half of it. And I was like, you know what? I really don't like it. But I've said that about every single album she's done ever since Red or the first like three times I've listened to it. I think a lot of times we have really, 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 really high expectations for Taylor in terms of songwriting, song quality, all of it. Like the bar could not be more through the roof. Like it's insane. And so because of that, I think 
oftentimes at the beginning, we're going to feel let down, but the more we let it sink in and we sit with the music and the lyrics and we think about it more deeply, we're going to like them and appreciate them. You said you are willing to drop as much as your brake pads on tickets. So what I think should happen, unless we see this show in Nashville, because that would also just be fun. I think that we should plan to see it together. Okay. And then buy like regular tickets, but (laughs) when she announces it. Well, you just tell me when she announces the tickets and then we'll buy them all together. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I've taken a sabbatical from reading, but I did just buy Everything I Know About Love, that book that you can't find anywhere by Dolly Alderton. It's about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, but mostly um, love. Oh, you would probably love it. It's a memoir. She's a writer, like a journalist writer. She's from London. And it's about all the types of stages of love. So she writes about love when she's a teenager, love with her best friends, with her family, boyfriends in her 20s, with her career. And it's you can't find it anywhere because it came out on HBO recently and it's a TV show. So I finally bought it. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, let me know how that that. is and if you recommend it for me. Probably. The Redheads also read it. Aside from that, I got I got nothing. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed my horrendous story from this weekend. All of our tips and tricks about dating that we stole from the internet that we are now giving back to you because that's what we do on this podcast. We give back to our community of listeners. That's all we do. Um, Break our backs, put all of our blood, sweat, and tears into it. And if you haven't, go stream Midnight's. It's the best thing ever. Tell us what your favorite songs are. DM us. DMs are open. (laughs) Like and subscribe. We want to hear from you all the things. What is your favorite song on the Midnight's album? Please DM us. We'd like to know. Taylor has enough support. If you like us at all, go subscribe on Spotify and Apple and leave us a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are or a four-star we'll take as well. And we are so quick to promote other people and support other women and other people's fame, like these TikTok creators and Taylor Swift, who literally could not be more famous if she tried. But yeah, Ashley has a point. Please go like and subscribe our podcast. <laughs> that would be helpful. And follow us on TikTok and all the good stuff. Abby's got an Amazon storefront. Help us to support um, her so that we can see each other soon. Okay, bye. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Go tear it up. <laughs>